conversation in the pre-show meeting jc cornell Paige demacos chris schubert i cannot i wish we it is recorded and there is a good chance that at some point there is going to be a drop that involves great clips because jc and i are completely taken aback mostly mika i was crying i was laughing so hard that chris gets his hair cut and great clips so chris i don't know if you're doing the story justice because you you noticed that i had gotten a new haircut and i was like yeah Yeah. and i told you the story i'm like yeah i went into the i went into the great clips and then the story just stopped i couldn't even get to the punchline of the story which was that the person who cut my hair proceeded to tell me that it had been 22 weeks since i had gotten a haircut you stopped me at the great clips part and listen everybody i'm not kidding Paige was crying she was crying with laughter her head almost hit the desk in front of her she was crying and laughing so hard so yeah I, i guess apparently where I get my haircut is funny to you. It looks good. It looks fine. Okay, everybody. The only way I'm getting my haircut at Great Clips if as if they're a sponsor of this podcast. So I'm just gonna put that out there. Agreed. I will be the biggest freaking Great Clips fan of all time. Hit us up, Great Clips. Apparently, Chris loves going to Great Clips. So listen, I'm all about it. I'm all for it. Chris will take videos of you getting your haircut. Listen, we're gonna we'll probably end up hosting some version of The Bachelor on here for Chris. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna see we're gonna see what we can cook up on the show over the summer. But we have plenty to get into. A couple of weeks here before the NFL draft, we've got a mock draft from Peter Schrager that is very interesting to talk about. Uh, Chris is shaking his head. Uh, there's a certain quarterback that has moved into the division that Chris knows a little bit about. So we're gonna get into that, and then also just Antonio Brown. So let's kick things off with this. Antonio Brown not being signed to the Buccaneers. JC, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much heat do you put on this situation as far as, I would say, your uncomfortability with him ending up in a Tampa Bay Bucks uniform? I think a three. I'm not worried about it. I think I think AB's going to sign. I mean, you saw the social media post from the Buccaneers. Antonio Brown commented under sign AB. Um, Devin Devin White said, "We're just waiting for you, bro." So I think it's going to happen. I think he's just training in Miami, wherever he is, and at his gym. And I think he'll be on the Bucks. I'm not worried about it. Chris, if I had to ask you, scale right. What do you think uh, as far as A.B. coming back to the old Buccaneers? Well, on a 1 to 10 scale, my worry level is a 1 because if he chooses to go elsewhere, I don't think the Bucs are, you know, hurting at the wide receiver position, right? So while I think from a football perspective, and I want to make it very clear from a pure football perspective, Antonio Brown being on this team would be an addition to the wide receiver when we saw the impact that, that his signing had on that team in the second half of last season. But if he were to go and sign someplace else or the Bucks ultimately choose to not bring him back, I don't think they're going to be looking for another wide receiver. They have depth at the position. They can use a draft pick on a wide receiver if they want to go that direction. They can go any direction they want in the NFL draft. So one out of 10 is my concern level because if he doesn't come back, I don't think it hurts the team all that much. And I Also, I think, you know, Tyler Johnson showed he's ready for a bigger role. He's he's ready. I mean, he is a, he's a stud. He, and he had some big plays against Green Bay. I think he, he would be fine to step up if A.B. didn't come. It seems, though, on, on the flip side, when you look at it from Antonio Brown's perspective, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but 
this is like the perfect scenario for him playing in Tampa. So I'm trying to play out in his mind, right? The upside of him trying to go elsewhere. And, you know, who knows what the other options are, if any, really, to go play in other spots. I'm, sh- I'm quite Maybe sure. Maybe Seattle. I was going to say Seattle's kind of always that team that, that drives that conversation. You have Pete Carroll, but they're also dealing with their own level of controversy with Russell Wilson, this entire off season, him being unhappy. I don't know that that's the right spot for him long-term. Um, so I think this is going to be interesting to pay attention to and then see if it, if it inevitably leads to the Buccaneers taking a wide receiver. And that's kind of where I wanted to head with the conversation next was if AB does in fact, not signed by the time the draft rolls around. Is that a, a, a place where JC, you would look at 32 and go, yeah, I think we, there's a lot of depth at the wide receiver position. Is that something that you think they would go after? Or are you in the camp of, Hey, they should just draft the best player available because this team's loaded. Never say never. But like I said, I'm confident in Tyler Johnson. I'd still go BPA at 32 and just see who falls in their lap. Yeah. I think that's the more likely scenario that plays out. Chris, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think when you when you look at it, they're, the world is their oyster at pick number 32. They can do whatever they want, and I think Bucks fans will feel comfortable with what they do at 32. I think it really depends on the way the board falls out, right? I mean, we assume that there are going to at least be two pass-catching options that go inside the top 10. Kyle Pitts is probably going to be the first name off the board, and then it's you know, your pick of whichever one of the wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Devon Smith, uh, and Jalen Waddle come off the board. Don't think any of those four options are going to be available to the Bucks at 32. So you're looking at the, the Rondell Moores, the Kadarius Tonys, uh, the Rashad Batemans. That's the group and tier of wide receiver that you're looking at at 32. You have to see if there are teams in front of them that have wide receiver needs that I think could snag a receiver because they don't think one of those guys is going to get around to them in the second round. So listen, this is, this is the perks of being the Super Bowl champs. This is the perks of bringing back all of the guys that they have brought back. This is the perks of you know, uh, going for another Super Bowl. They can sit at 32 and take whoever they want. If there's a guy that starts to fall that they like, they can go up and get him. If they want to trade back because they're like, you know what, we're comfortable with a bunch of guys, we'll trade back. The world is their oyster at pick 32. The world is their oyster. What a nice world Bucks fans are living in right now where they are sitting pretty at pick 32 and can wait and see how the draft falls to them. Now, What I teased at the top of the show is a interesting pick that is being slotted to them at pick 32. Interesting being uh, a nice word, I think. So uh, the latest mock draft from Peter Schrager has Davis Mills, quarterback Stanford, going to the Buccaneers at pick 32. Your reaction to this pick, JC, because obviously as the lifelong Buccaneers fan, I know you're still settling into this newfound, like, we're Super Bowl champs and I don't know what to do with my hands place, right? Where it's like, uh, this is new for us. But also, you've settled in quite nicely at the top spot and this is not a, a need as of right now. No, it's definitely not a need. The Bucks do not have a backup quarterback currently on the roster. So that's interesting. I know with Teddy Bridgewater, the situation there that he could possibly come in as a backup. I know I've seen some whispers on that on the internet. As far as uh, for the 32nd pick, Mills is, you know, it's, he's not a first-round guy, I don't think. I know people have been putting him there. I, I think that's way too early. I think the Bucks should focus on, uh, like, an edge or linebacker or some or a, a defensive tackle there. I don't think that's the pick. I will say he is kind of in the mold of the Bruce Arians quarterback. He's big, and he has a big arm. 
coming out of Stanford, you know, Andrew Luck, all those things. But no, that's too early for him. Yeah, I can't imagine that the Bucks do that um, that early, right? I think there is a, a a great case to be made for later on in the draft, in the middle rounds, for them to have the luxury to take a guy maybe a little bit earlier than they would normally because they have the opportunity to have this guy sit behind Tom Brady, right? I, I think I've seen Kellen Mond mock to them in second or third round. I've seen I've seen different guys kind of in that range where I would feel more comfortable. I just, as much as we've joked about not needing the first round pick, using your first round pick on Davis Mills just feels bad. I just don't, I saw it and I was triggered. Like I was, I was immediately triggered by the pick. I was like, no, that's not happening. And Chris, I guess your reaction to that pick, because I saw it and I went no freaking way. And I put my phone down and yeah. then, then went back to him. and was like, Oh, we're going to talk about this on the show. Yeah. Peter Schrager's whole first round mock draft is interesting uh, outside of pick 32, but for the, for the purposes of this show, let's talk about pick 32. And I think Paige, something you said there is really important. This pick is a luxury in a lot of ways for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but just because it's a luxury, doesn't mean you make a reach for a Davis Mills. There are going to be extremely talented football players on the board at 32. Multiple extremely talented football players on the board at 32. Davis Mills is going to be very low on the list of extremely talented football players on the, on the board at 32. No offense to Davis Mills. I think he's a very nice prospect. And I think if you can get him in the second or third round, it's a nice project quarterback, a guy to have as a backup and a guy that can learn for under Tom Brady. Granted, I, I, I will agree with that 100%. But to use pick 32 on that, no, that's turning a luxury into a reach. And I don't think the Bucs should do that because then it doesn't become a luxury anymore. Now, by taking him at pick 32, you have basically told the world, Davis Mills is the future quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I don't know if, you, if I'm comfortable saying that right now. I also, there's a little bit, and we know, because we talk about, and I appreciate this about Tom, right? He's a petty dude. We saw what happened in New England with Jimmy G getting shipped out. We know Tom's obviously in a later part of his career. There's also just like, there's a different stigma, right? That comes with like, you took a first round pick and you used it on a quarterback. And I just feel like they don't need that shenanigans in the locker room. Like, even though it's Tom freaking Brady and we know there's no chance, it's still just like, you guys know, I can read the headlines, like Bucks draft, you know, it's just like, it's a splash headline. It's a big narrative. It starts to become, it feels like, Jordan Love with with Aaron Rodgers last year like it's so unnecessary like I just don't I just don't see the upside for them to go and that and I know JC we talk about you know our love of, of Tom and his pettiness but I just don't I don't think he would love that they would go in that direction no uh he's he's here for two more years and you know he doesn't need a guy behind him he doesn't need to be coaching a guy up and stuff like that I think a veteran just makes sense. Probably Blaine Gabbert will happen. Um, but no, you don't, you don't need that kind of Tom Brady doesn't need anyone behind him right now. We're going for another Super Bowl. And, and when you, when you take a quarterback in the first round, you take any player in the first round, we have to talk about that fifth year option and the decision that you have to make going in uh, to year four. So in this scenario that we live in, Tom Brady is the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for another two seasons. You take Davis Mills. Let's go down Peter Schrager's rabbit hole here of Davis Mills being the pick at 32. 
I think everybody's in agreement that the earliest Davis Mills is going to see the field is going to be year three of his NFL career. He's going to sit behind Tom Brady for two years. So now after year three, which by the way, is the magical year in the national football league where all these quarterbacks that get drafted in the first round, get, get contract extensions, because that's going to be Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, this off season, right? I'm sure those conversations have already started and they will continue to happen up until this new league year starts uh, in September. So now you're going to get one year. Davis Mills is going to be a starter in year three. And after one year, you're going to have to make a decision about whether or not he's the future. It just doesn't make sense. It's not where the Bucks are at in their cycle. They are at the point of their cycle where they are ships all in the middle. We are going for more championships. We have built a championship roster. Hey, let's get a younger player that we think at the back half of the first round can really help us continue this great roster we have, but also be a part of the future. Don't draft a guy, to, a kid to sit him on the bench for two seasons. It just doesn't make any sense. Again, it's turning a luxury into a risk and you just can't do that. I think you're also talking about the difference between how, what, what Tom means versus the situation with Aaron, right? Like I think the the Packers to, to kind of play the situation against each other, the Packers live in this place where they're like, so focused on the future that they're missing the window that's existing, right? They're so focused on not being bad ever that they're not ever elite because the goal is to win the Super Bowl. The goal is to do what the Bucs just did. And it's not to be a playoff caliber team every year and never bottom out. That's nice. But when you look back at the window of time with Aaron Rodgers, he's only been in one Super Bowl. To me, that's a failure, and that's a failure from up above. And a lot of that, you look at, he just had an MVP season, and they took a first-round quarterback. That alignment doesn't make any sense. The timing of that doesn't make any sense. And that's where, even though Aaron's younger, I don't see the Bucs doing that. I just don't think that they're going to do that. Ask a Packers fan is if instead of Jordan Love, they took a wide receiver or they took another player with that pick and they won a Super Bowl, would their immediate reaction be, oh, you know what, we don't have we don't have the heir apparent for Aaron Rodgers. What's our quarterback situation going to look like in three years? No, nobody thinks like that. They're still going to be drinking the champagne uh, over at Lambeau Field and celebrating the Super Bowl. You know what? Do you know what Bucks fans aren't considering right now other than apparently Peter Schrager with pick number 32 in the draft? They're not concerned about what the quarterback situation is after Tom Brady because they know what the window is right now. Do you know who thinks about trying to figure out the, the who their air repair is and who quarterbacks are going to be in the future. Bad teams, bad teams figure that out. Guess what? San Francisco is still trying to figure out their quarterback situation. The jets, the Jags, all of those teams that are constantly trying to, you know, one up each other and try to constantly be three steps ahead. They end up being behind. And the, and the green Bay Packers are the perfect example of they have tried to, as Paige said, stay in this, this mode of we're never bad, but guess what? Then you're never great. And that's the risk you take. And so that's why this just doesn't make any sense to me why you would use a pick, pick 32 in the first round on Davis. If he's there at the end of the second round, take him there. I don't care. It's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. And I think JC can weigh in more as the, because this was a conversation I can remember seeing Buck's Twitter half last year, right? So you guys get, you get Tom Brady, but then there's this conversation around like, well, he's old and look at what, what are they? It was like the, the focal point was like, it was the same kind of brainwashed version of what you're seeing in green Bay, where it's like, well, we don't want to be bad and what we could be better. And now we're focused on now. And it's like, well, if we don't win, it, we have this old quarterback and it's like, yeah, but the goal is to put the chips in the middle and go all in. Like, that's the goal. The goal is to go do what you just did. And now you're in that position. And I assume that 
knowing Bruce pretty well, uh, knowing what Jason's been able to do in the draft for a long period of time, that they're going to be able to sit back and really just go, okay, what, who is here? Cause somebody great is going to be available at 32. That's how I feel. I think they're going to be able to make a great pick at 32 JC. Yeah, I agree. And I, I hope they trade up a couple spots and get Jalen Phillips. I know I've talked about that before Yeah, uh, to come, come behind JPP speaking of Aaron Rodgers and the green Bay Packers and Bucks fans. So yes, the last year uh, Bucks fans are all, clamoring for a quarterback even after Brady and it's the same this year a lot of people are saying Kyle Trask and all this stuff like that I know I, I agree thumbs <laughs> down um but the, the reality is Tom's gonna play two more years he was just gonna retire and Aaron Rodgers will be the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I mean that's just how it's gonna go here's the thing there is a scenario that has one love that JC just put that out to the universe two I there is a, a part of me that has always had this like weird feeling with Aaron because he plays on the team. I hate the most, but he does so many things that I love. Aaron, please do this for me, pal. Please do this. I need to be able to love you. You need to come off the hate list and you're never going to leave enemy of the pod unless you leave green Bay. And quite frankly, your new soon to be wife, she ain't going to want to live in Green Bay, pal, okay? She's a celebrity. She's a superstar. She, nobody wants to live in Green Bay, okay? So, like, maybe let's learn our lesson here a little bit. Let's try and move out of Green Bay. Tampa's a nice place to live. You know, you can live on the water. You can enjoy yourself. The weather's nice. I think this is great. I think this, this is a phenomenal idea. Sorry, Green Bay. You had your shot, man. You guys just decided to take Jordan Love. Hope you enjoy him. Tampa Hope he's be great. Tampa becoming a place for all of these great quarterbacks go to win Need another it. ring would be Need fantastic. It. It's the Need retirement it. spot. It's like, a pre-retirement. <laughs> it's like you in the sun, getting ready to wind down in football. You win a couple rings and you go off. I mean, Arizona has the reputation of being the place where players go at the tail end of their career just to retire with nice weather. If Tampa becomes the, I'm going to go there to win another championship before I'm done. That would be an incredible little story to have over the next couple of years. I love it. I, that, I'm all in on this whole, like the, my favorite thing is like Tampa has just emerged the second the Tom Brady news like happens, then it's like Stanley cup baseball teams relevant. It's like, the, it's just like a glow up of the entire city. Like the whole sports team, everybody there I'm rooting for an NBA team to just go there permanently now that, that they're like, it's just like, Hey, Tampa's just become this little like sports Mecca. Thanks Tom Brady. Like it's, yeah. Some, some serious power that that man has. Um, all right. Well, let us end with this. There is a quarterback that Chris knows very well. Chris knows, Chris knows him very well that he is now playing in the division with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is Sam Darnold gets traded. Thank the Lord for Sam. I think he finally gets an opportunity to get out of New York, to go play somewhere else. Um, Chris, your reaction first is the Jets fan, right? Like, how's your, where, are you happy for Sam? Are you rooting against Sam? Like, where are you, you can be petty if you want, you know, I'll obviously root for that. Just sure. what's your, where's your, where's your level of like barometer with Sam Darnold right now? 
I want Sam to win a championship in Carolina any year that doesn't involve the New York Jets making a run to the Super Bowl. There is no ill will for me towards Sam Darnold. This situation was not Sam's fault. Uh, Sam didn't hire a bad coach uh, for two seasons and that, could, that completely ruined his career. It's not Sam's fault that there's a new general manager and a new coach that weren't part of the decision-making process that picked him. Uh, it just uh, This is a matter of circumstance. These two guys' jobs are going to be on the line to try to rebuild the New York Jets. They were never going to they were never going to have their quarterback be for at least the next couple of seasons a guy they didn't pick it was never going to be that way so they were able to facilitate this trade and listen this is a great landing spot I think for Sam it's a it's a place with more weapons than he's ever had in his entire career he gets Robbie Anderson back Christian McCaffrey's in the backfield listen everybody he's going to be the starter in Carolina they didn't give up what they gave up for him to sit on the bench he is the starter and listen this guy in Carolina Joe Brady got a lot of interviews to be a head coach this offseason well if Joe Brady's going to be the hot name as a coaching candidate for next offseason it's going to probably involve making Sam Darnold a very good quarterback in Carolina. So that's the relationship that I'm really you know, looking at because if Sam Darnold and the Carolina Panthers play well on offense next year, Joel Brady's not going to be there anymore, and Sam's going to have another coach coaching him up on offense, which is going to be another interesting storyline for next offseason. But I'm happy for Sam. I think this was a win-win for everybody involved, for Sam, for Carolina, for New York. It clears the path for them to take a quarterback at two. I think this is a win-win for everybody, and I am absolutely rooting for Sam. I still lo- I like Sam a lot. I liked him coming out of the draft. Uh, it just wasn't going to work here in New York, and I don't think the Jets were the team that were going to try to figure it out. So uh, I'm happy for Sam, but I think Carolina did well here. I really do. You're Bad not much news. Oh, go ahead. I don't know. Bad news. I'm not rooting for Sam. I'm just looking forward <laughs> to Sam Darnold and Jameis Winston on the schedule twice a year. A lot of INTs coming through for Tampa Bay. Uh, love that. Love that. I did. Honestly, the second that I saw Sam, I was like, Oh buddy. Oh pal. It's um, listen, I, I, I want Sam to have his career resurrected. I do wish that for him. My problem is I just didn't want him to go into a place where I had some level of a rooting interest. Like, I'm like, pal, you couldn't have gone somewhere else where I could, where I could root for you. I really honestly wanted him to come to Chicago. I think Chris and I talked about that a lot, trying to negotiate a trade as he played GM and I was Ryan Pace. I think that's, that's what I was kind of hoping for. I do think it's a good landing spot for him. Um, I'm not sure we can really say with any definitive you know decision making here that we know that sam's gonna be an upgrade over teddy i think that jury is out like i i think he's got more upside than teddy does but i also have seen a worse version of sam than i've seen of teddy so i think there is a scenario where this it doesn't play out very well for them um but i think it's a risk it's a risk reward thing right they didn't have to give up eight they're going to ha- have an opportunity here. They knew they were going to be out of the top quarterbacks. Um, and I think this is, a, this is a good opportunity for them. I, I would ask you, JC, from the lens of you're looking at it from Tampa's perspective. I know we joked about the INTs, but man, on the road, Sam is, whew, his home away split is not very good. What is your level? Like, do you think this is an upgrade from where you're looking as a Bucks fan? Or are you kind of sitting where I am, where I'm just kind of like, I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't really know yet. It seems kind of like a little experiment going on in Carolina. Um, you know, Sam's got his second chance. I don't know. I, I look at it just kind of like Jameis Winston, where Jameis Winston's having his second chance on New Orleans. There's, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with both of those guys. Yeah, it's, uh, it will be interesting. I am more so rooting for Sam. 
I am very, very pettily rooting against Jameis Winston. Sorry, that's never going to be a thing that happens for this podcast. I don't think ever. Uh, enemy of the pod number one forever and always. Uh, thank your friends on Twitter, Jameis. And I think for for Sam, the best case scenario here is that he gets a really great year out of Joe Brady. And I do think, Chris, you're right, that if if he does, in fact, resurrect Sam, that propels Joe Brady into a Sean McVay-esque conversation next offseason that's already kind of began. He gets treated the way Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay get treated. If he does this, 100%. if he turns Sam Darnold into anything above what we saw in New York and Carolina is winning football games because of Sam Darnold and Sam Darnold is making the throws that we saw in the evaluation process. And in college, Joe Brady will be talked about. Doesn't mean I'm comparing them, comparing him coaching wise to these guys, but he will be looked at the same way. The league looked at Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan as, Oh, that's the next offensive guru that I got to have as my head coach. He will be at the top of everybody's coaching list next offseason. Perfect. And the bears will fire Matt Nagy hire Joe Brady, and I can tell you how this plays out. It won't be good. I'll be miserable. The team will continue to suck. We'll continue to pick bad quarterbacks, and that's just the – just inevitably, that's exactly how this plays out. So I think the the other part of this that, JC, you mentioned earlier that I think I want to touch on before we finish up is the Teddy aspect of this, right? Because if, one, Teddy Bridgewater chose – because there was an offer um, – for him to go to Chicago last year, the deal was actually reported. It was like done deal, but they would not commit. Chicago would not commit to Teddy that he was going to be the starting quarterback. They told him they wanted him to come in and compete with Mitch for the starting job. Hindsight 2020, I lost my ever loving mind. Once I found that out, because I was like, you, you know that you want to bring Teddy in to be the guy, but I bring that up because now Teddy is not happy. He, he was promised to be the guy and now he's in Carolina. And as Chris said earlier, there's no chance Carolina gives up assets to get Sam to make Teddy the starting quarterback. I think it's very clear. It's going to be Sam. So what do you guys think happens here with Teddy Bridgewater? Cause JC, you kind of alluded to it. Maybe he could come to Tampa and that would be very interesting. Yeah, I think coming to Tampa, being the backup for Brady makes a lot of sense. I know the Buccaneers had interest in Teddy last offseason. He was, I think, option B behind Brady. Um, obviously, thank God we got Tom Brady, but um, it, it could happen. You know, he likes – he's close with Todd Bowles. Um, it's it's something that could happen. It, it would require Teddy to check the ego, right? Like, it, it would require Teddy. And I think there's there's a difference between – the team trading to get Sam Darnold and having to check your ego for that versus walking into Tampa Bay and Tom Brady's there, right? That's a totally different scenario. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that everybody could check their ego in that room with Tom. I would hope, I would hope, right? With the exception of probably three or four different guys. Um, I do think that there's a good chance that Teddy ends up doing or trying to get himself out of the scenario Chris do you think there's any shot he's in Tampa do you think he's still in Carolina going into the year I think he's on Carolina but not before the season starts and if you guys remember this will be a very weird cycle if what I'm about to say happens if you remember Teddy Bridgewater got hurt that offseason and when they were in training camp with Minnesota right tears his knee the non-contact injury forces Minnesota to go out and trade assets to get Sam Bradford to be their quarterback 
Well, I think Teddy's going to be on the other end of this. I think Carolina is going to hold on to Teddy. They get better salary cap benefits if they trade him post June one. So I think they hold on to him and they wait to see if a team has an injury problem. Paige, I hate to put this out in the universe, but let's say Andy Dalton, his ankle acts up or something, something's wrong and he gets hurt. They can get on the phone and call Teddy Bridgewater. Let's say something happens with Drew Locke in Denver. They can call up about Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. So if, if there's a scenario where a quarterback gets hurt someplace else, I think that is prime opportunity for Carolina to then trade Teddy and move him someplace else. So I think this is a slow burn. I don't think they're in any rush to move this deal. I think they're going to wait for the, they're, they're going to try to do right by Teddy and they can find something now for Teddy. I think they will do that. But I certainly think that the more likely scenario is post June one, when they get better salary cap benefits from it and a team might have an injury and they might be looking for backup relief or they might be looking for somebody to be the starter. That to me feels like the more likely path here for Teddy. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I think from when you bring in the cap implications and some of the things they might be able to do post June one. Um, plus I think there's a really good scenario, a really high probability that there is a, a, a team that is going to need another quarterback, whether it's injury or it's, you see the guy for the first time with the team and you're like, nah, I don't really know. Like looking at you, Chicago, I'm just saying. Do you really I, think someone's going to take that contract though? That, he owed $17 million. Pretty, It's pretty hefty. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the contract isn't great, but it, again, Carolina is going to have to eat some of that. Desperate times. There's call no way. Way. What desperate times call for desperate measures. If, if a team that's trying to compete has a quarterback go down via injury, Listen, I'll take on the $17 million to get Teddy Bridgewater in there so I don't have to start whoever my backup is, right? I mean, so these are the things that I think Carolina could consider if they let this play out, right? They're going to have to pay it in in this scenario. We think they're going to have to pay it regardless, right? So why not hold on to them and see if the right scenario can can materialize for you from a trade standpoint? I think, one, as you well know, I root for all the chaos and the pettiness, and I wanted Teddy – one, because I like Teddy and I think he, he think he would have been the right he's a he's a game manager. He's never gonna be a guy who I think gets you to a point where he's winning you football games, but he's also not in the bottom half. And the Bears can live in that middle ground with the with the roster that they have around them. And I think Teddy would have would have been enough to at least propel them a little bit further. Plus it would be so petty to beat Minnesota with an old guy. That's what I was rooting for. I got to have Teddy in Chicago, right? Beating up on Kirk Cousins, just giving him a big old nuggie every year. I mean, that's that's what I was rooting for. I really wanted that scenario to play play out, but uh, Red Rifle, guys, that's my that's my quarterback. <laughs> QB1, page. QB1. Yeah, QB1. Maybe I don't know. There's no, the a lot tweet of says QB one. There's no yeah, question marks. Twitter, it's emphatic. QB one. That's its official team Twitter account. QB one. Andy Dalton. Can't wait. <sighs> Twitter is a big fat liar, and I don't believe anything that it says. So I am not in on QB one. Uh, Red Rifle. I am a lifelong Buccaneers fan. We have already decided. Been there my whole life. Grew up in Florida. M- never seen Chicago. Never been no interest in anything in Chicago and change all my Chicago Bears stuff in Bruce and Jake have already said just like just let it happen they've been trying to push me all the way in Jake's told me for a long time hey listen it's easier you just you just be like me like I just root for where my dad I'm like yeah I know but like I have this sickness right it's a sickness that exists in within me from Chicago and I can't get rid of it it's it's really unfortunate because I I would love to be JC lifelong Bucks fan well 
how does how good does it feel to be lifelong Bucks fan, right? It's just yeah, I mean, never gonna hit. Two, never gonna two Super Bowls. It's not bad. It's tough fifteen years though. Fifteen to twenty years is pretty tough there. But pretty yeah, deserved. we're on top. We're on top again. Yeah, it's uh, I will more than likely just hopefully with full stadiums in the NFL, I'm just going to be all the way in. I'm going to try and just navigate my way to eight home games. I'm just going to probably go to a road game in New Orleans, start a fight with somebody who's Jameis Winston fan. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Chris is shaking his head. You think that won't happen. I will definitely do it. I will not partake in the fight. I'll just start it. I'll start the shenanigans and then I'll dip out. That's exactly what will happen. I'll find some big bucks fans. I'll be hanging out with them and then I'll, Drop a line about Jameis sucking, dip out, and then watch her, watch chaos ensue. That's that is exactly how that will play out. All right, guys, final thoughts. We've reached the end of the pod. JC, you first. Final thoughts. Wow. Um, you know, I don't really have any. You're so like zen about your bucks. It's so weird. Yeah. Like I just like it is like this. It's it's weird in the best way, right? Like you've reached this point where you're just like. You don't have anxiety about your football team. Can't relate, JC. Cannot relate. Yeah, I don't know what that's like. Not sure. I don't know what that's like, man. Like, can't relate. It's, uh, hey, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good in April. Team's looking good, making good decisions. That's great. I can't yeah, imagine what yeah. that's like. You're just, like, very zen. Chris, how are you feeling? Because uh, you and I. Paige, it's draft month. This is the only time oh, of the you? year our teams are relevant. It's draft month. Are you Come no. on. Get no, I, we are picking 20. I'm picking am, second, and I'm taking relevant. a quarterback. It's so exciting. Uh, Zach Wilson, you, get the jersey uh, swaps ready, everybody. Uh, yeah, oh, boy. No, yeah. but it's rap one. Right. This is exciting. This is, you know, one of our favorite times of the year for the three of us. And, you know, it, the NFL is on full display, and the players are getting invited. They're having the draft in Cleveland, yep. so that's going to be a lot of fun. We're starting to get back to – people being at sporting events baseball's yep. going on so it, it, things they, very positive atmosphere right now very positive moods sure. in the air but yes it is draft month the only time of the year that my team is relevant so i will enjoy it <laughs> while it lasts uh, that is true chris that is true um my team is in purgatory we don't we're gonna have no relevancy in the draft and we have no relevancy at the beginning of the, during the year because we're too good to not to to be at the top and we're not not good enough to win a Super Bowl. So I said, lifelong Bucks fan. Can't imagine what it would be like to be anything other than that. Just going to start saying it 10 times a day until I actually start believing it. Lifelong Bucks fan. Uh, guys, please tell everybody how they can follow you on social media. JC, you first. You find me at Cornell NFL on Twitter. And Chris? Follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I. Please leave us a review. That is how people can find us and be able to listen to the podcast. So leave us a review. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, and we will be back next week.